lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show live and on demand. Who knows how much it really is in demand, but someone's got to take the coveted spot following up the Hall of Fame act known as Glenn Beck. And it's up to us to carry that burden. Happy Good Friday to all of you. We'll have something to say about that uh, a little bit later on in the program. Uh, we'll have some feedback Friday coming your way. We'll also get to the day's group, but our typical Friday fair coming your way here in just a few moments. Of course, today uh, we are without, we're a man down, no totters in today. Apparently thought the fact that his daughter is a double scholarship athlete at the University of Arkansas, and they are welcoming in their recruiting class for essentially some form of orientation down there in Fayetteville this weekend. He apparently thought that was a justifiable reason Aaron McIntyre to take a day off. Never going to forgive him for this. Stabbing us in the back. No question. Uh, We have been betrayed, but nevertheless, after all, we work in politics, so it's not like that's never happened to us before. So uh, we will muddle through and carry on here on the program. Don't forget that you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. By the way, I posted a Good Friday message on Facebook this morning, mm-hmm. and it instantly started picking up traffic because the word COVID was never mentioned in it, so it didn't trigger any algorithm, all right? And so they send me an email prompting me, hey, this uh, post you made uh, you know, is really... Uh, drawing some good traffic. Do you want to boost it uh, to reach a bigger audience? And I thought, you know, given the occasion and and the message that is in there, yeah, I'll put some money out of my pocket to boost the post. And then in about 10 minutes after soliciting my money to boost the post, Facebook sends me an email telling me that it has, they will not uh, uh, distribute it because any further than my page, because get this, it violates their guidelines on promoting posts with political messages or referencing social causes it doesn't it doesn't do either one of those things Uh, in fact you can go to our facebook page there and read it for yourself you can also look for me on places that don't try to censor us at least not yet uh me we parlor and gab and then you can also follow me at steve day show on twitter and getter Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at keeps Gentlemen, if you are worried and struggling with um, receding hairlines, uh, hair loss, particularly of the premature variety, but you also want to keep that on the down low, keep that discreet, our friends at Keeps have you covered. They not only give you the generic versions of those FDA-proven treatments, so you get the cheaper variations of them to save money. Everything is done online, so it's discreet and convenient. Uh, And then they also offer you huge savings to get you started. Half off your first order when you go to keeps.com slash grow that's k-e-e-p-s for keeps.com slash grow whether you're looking to prevent hair loss stimulate hair growth or just take better care of your hair they've got you covered can help you at keeps.com slash grow all right we're going to begin the day group here in a moment but um this might be one of the biggest mistakes i've made in my broadcasting career all right can you Put up the shot there there for a second. All right. The, so the quad box? Yes, put that up for just a moment. Okay. I don't I, know I, if we have Shannon's audio. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm 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 just look at this. 
All right, we've got uh, undead Nosferatu, Aaron. All right, who looks who who just looks like it's perpetually January. That's what Aaron looks like. It's perpetually January. Well, here it All is. Right? So yeah, it is kind of January. Uh, I look like uh, the Campbell Soup Kid and Jack Black had sex once and conceived a child. All right, that's what I look like. And then we have these two ladies here with us, and we are their duffs. All right, they're designated uh, ugly fat friends. I mean, we are their duffs. Not that they need much help, but this is this might be the most pathetic pathetic contrast. We have ever shown this audience. It's one thing just to have one of these ladies here with Todd in the box, but now without Todd here, with his, um, shall we call it, unkept look. Okay, uh, now we have both of them here. Aaron, what's your T level right now? Um, you know, it is. I'm just. I'm just glad I shaved this morning. Otherwise, so we could see more of the undead skin. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely, yes. So there they are, Jill Savage, contributor here on Blaze TV. Shannon Joy, congrats for being banned from Twitter. I'm beginning to wonder what do I have to do to continue to survive there. I'm not really sure what it is. Okay, permanent but, permanent suspension, baby. It permanent. is unusual. It's you know there aren't very many out there. And uh, by the way, you have to let your audience know that you just dragged me out. I was folding my laundry about. <laughs> Uh, 10 minutes ago get a phone call oh don't get the humble don't no 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 humble brag hey i just started i look like this folding laundry get out of here shannon is a freaking legend the lighting is terrible and this is what you boys do to me but you know just call me clutch i will be there for you whenever you need me you know how many ladies are cussing you right now i just look like this i just in the middle of folding laundry i look like this i'm i'm pushing she gets all the humble brag she wants for this show at least alone We literally called her 10 minutes before that the show. That part is true. Because Cause she is clutch. Because we had a last and, minute you know, cancellation. Yes. And she was like, I yeah, saw, yeah, sure. Okay. okay. I, saw on, I saw on my phone, it's Steve Dace. I'm like, don't call him back. Don't call him back. You know, you know what is it? And I'm like, shoot, I called you back. And then you roped me in. That's okay. That's okay. Well, yeah. let, well and, oh, by the way, it's nice to have you here back with us as well. Jill, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be on the show with Shannon at, at much of your demise. I'm really excited. I've loved watching Shannon on the Dace Group over you know the last few years. So it's really exciting oh. to be on here with her. Well, here we go. Let's get exciting. it going with, as Jill just said, the Dace Group. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by Bullion Max as inflation surpasses highs we've not seen in 40 years. The value of your spending dollar decreases every day. You're paying more at the pump. Filling up my 2014 Ford Edge and buying a car wash yesterday cost me $70. $70 is what that cost me. All right. Then there's the grocery store. All right, stopped at Walmart just to get replenished with like water and Gatorade and teas and stuff for with the stuff we me and the kids drink. Wife's like, why did why did you spend that much money? Because that's what everything costs right now. All right, uh, cars, housing, face it, everything's worth a lot less, and that's why you want to go with our new sponsor, Bullion Max. They are a direct to consumer precious metals retailer who can help you diversify into gold and silver as a hedge against inflations. They offer some of the lowest prices on the internet, including for you a special right now. Get employee pricing; you can't get it cheaper than that. 
employee pricing with gold bill with with bullion max's silver starter kit that's bullion max's silver starter kit at employee pricing uh for some of the best and most desirable silver products right now on the market including that silver american eagle uh just one per household though uh because of how good this deal is when you go to bullionmax.com slash steve go there now bullionmax.com slash steve let's begin with issue one bleep lord nefarious says O God of pronouns, we give praise to the Great One, the one who is identifiable as God. I am what I am, you say, the great they, the incarnate he and she, the God of trans being, impregnating Mary, fathering God, breastfeeding God of many breasts, you shadow, you shatter all stereotypes, making every single person male and female. Male and female, intersex, non-binary, in your image, exactly in your image. Spectrum, rainbow God, who put your promise for non-violence in the symbol for queer love before humanity knew because you knew, who had Joseph who could not sleep with a woman in a beautiful lady's cloak, perhaps of rainbow colors, before we knew, you knew. God of pronouns who said, you can call me he or she or they, whatever makes you feel closest to me. Invisible and visible God, on this day, where visibility celebration, belated, belatedness, affirmation, and acceptance is the bare minimum. Remind us that you are the God of pronouns, so you affirm and you celebrate them. God of Saul, Paul, Simon, Isaac, Jacob, Isaac, Simon, Peter, Abram, and Sarai, and Abraham, and Sarah. God of Joseph, of the coat of many colors, of the Ethiopian eunuch, of the Virgin Mary, God of all found families in the Bible, remind us that you affirm us in our full identity, name, pronoun, found family, all of it. For this, we give you thanks and praise to the great I am, the great they, them. Brand new Fox News contributor, Caitlyn Jenner. We welcome you to the Fox family. Ah. <laughs> uh, I was not ready for that ending. I was not ready for that ending. That is the, the worst we may cease this segment if we're going in that direction. I can't handle it. Okay, I, that's the worst bleep Lord Nefarious says we've ever had. In fact, I think Lord Nefarious literally said these things. This, is, this isn't even an archetype. I think this literally, you took dictation from him. All right. Um, that was dark, dude. That was dark. I knew you'd love it. Or hate it. Yeah, I, I get, I, I'm feeling you. I get it. All right. So, Jill, we'll begin with you. What was the, your favorite part of uh, Aaron's uh, demonic Good Friday message? 
Oh, I don't know if there is a favorite part. I think it just shows the world crumbling around us when a woman can stand up there at an altar and just go on and on and on speaking about the God of pronouns. Uh, but my worst of the week, I'm going to go off that script just for a second because I can't get over uh, death in two different forms, Steve. These deaths are both preventable and they happen because of power and inconvenience. What's happening in China uh, and Planned Parenthood was going to be my worst of the week coming off with COVID in Shanghai, the lockdowns that they have. We've all seen the latest version of COVID sweeping through the United States with Omicron. At most, it's it's really a, a bad cold for people. And China, because the arrests were going up, the protests were getting greater in the month of March. The lockdowns happened in the month of April and people are literally starving in their own buildings. And then Mary Margaret Ulihan of The Daily Wire in her article uh, that came out exposing the D.C. abortionist uh, and, the, and the babies that were shown mm -hmm. to be near full term. Mm -hmm. um, when I see those two deaths, it's 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 humans are disposable. That's what they're telling you with with abortion, with China, everything that you look at and just the gravity of the situation. Uh, it couldn't get much worse. And then you, and then you show me Caitlyn Jenner as a Fox News contributor. So it really just rounds out the week in a, in a very nice way here on Good Friday, Steve. Those are great points, uh, Jill. And, and they're quite the contrast to the traditional message of Good Friday, which is while we were enemies, Christ died for us. While we were unworthy, of this level of atonement because we are made in his image because of the inherent worth and dignity that goes with that despite our depravity uh, God goes to the cross for us as opposed to the spirit of the ages message which as you just pointed out is that um, we're disposable we're not unique we're not special and that therefore if that's the premise that they're starting from the the way that they define freedom the way that they define openness isn't going to be involving activities, behaviors, beliefs, and practices that uplift our dignity, but lower it all the more because they're starting from a premise that we're not worthy. We're not unique. We are disposable. So then the re recommendations for how to live your life from there, we should probably assume that they really don't start with the best interest for us as a species probably in mind. That's well said. Shannon, you're next. So I was struck, you know, I think one of the greatest tricks of the devil is the ability to make something very simple, incredibly complicated. He is a deceiver. He is a dissembler. And I remember almost 10 years ago when we were fighting Common Core, the implementation of Common Core in public schools across the country, and people were trying to get me to explain, well, what is this Common Core math? Like, what is it? And the, the best way I could come up to describe it was, you know, imagine, a, you know, asking a child to stand in front of an easel and, you know, get some paint and draw a circle on that easel and just draw a simple circle. Right. And then ask that child to uh, put three books on top of their head, rub their belly, pat their head and jump up and down on one foot and then also draw that circle. Right. It's it's the, the progressives take something. They take things that are so profoundly simple, uh, like a, a male and a female, a boy or a girl, a, a simple fact. Two plus two equals four um, in, in every sense of the word. Right. The spread of a virus, how to control a virus. And they make things absolutely undiscernible. Uh, so complicated. And they cloud people's minds with all of these complications. And in that 
sermon, right? That just went on and on. Was it a prayer? Was it a sermon? I don't know, but you can, you can in real time witness progressives taking something as simple as the word of God and the Bible and just blowing it up into something completely undiscernible. I think this is what we as believers have to, to fight against constantly as we move into these, this really complicated time. And um, so that was just my my thoughts on on what I saw in, in that church. So many of our churches are are being attacked right now, infiltrated mm-hmm. um, by people who are deceivers. And we have to understand um, that our churches, along with our schools, are going to be the front lines, and we have to be prepared for that and ready to fight back against it. Amen. Aaron, my question to you then is, why did you choose that as the highlight? As, as essentially the the entire basis for this week's montage. I had, I mean, there's, you know, there's no shortage of clips. I probably had 10 clips lined up and ready to go. And I remembered this because uh, a few of our listeners, viewers had, had copied me on this tweet and I started listening to it. And this basically sums up, I think, all of the evil, Hmm. all of the evil that the origin for it is basically what the origin for it is. It is what Shannon just outlined the twisting and skewing. Did God really say? And then all of the sudden, all of the sudden, and it's not really sudden, it takes a while, but all of a sudden you end up with any number of of bastardizations, of corruptions in a culture. And um, as the North Carolina uh, Lieutenant Governor said uh, late last year in a sermon that we featured last week, There may be no other force in America, no other movement in America more demonic and evil than the transgender movement, Mm. because it is it is there's there's there's, as I've always said, there's perverting of reality and then there is rejection of reality. Right. And that's Mm. what this is. And I thought doing this on Good Friday, as you pointed out and. The Facebook post, actually, that you just uh, referenced a few a few minutes ago. It's also it's the darkest day in human history. It's the darkest day on this planet. We are surrounded by darkness and evil and demonic forces. Amen. And demonic forces. Yet, as believers, we always know, we always know that Sunday, Resurrection Day, is coming. That's what I want to, our, that's, that's what my prayer for our focus would be when we are surrounded by darkness. It can be tempting and Lord knows I do it sometimes despair, mm-hmm. but our salvation is here and, um, and Sunday, the resurrection day is always right around the corner. Let's get to the exit question. Well said on a scale of one to 10. With one being the odds, Joe Biden remembers the last time he biblically knew a woman. And 10 being the odds, Lindsey Graham has never biblically known a woman. Uh, Rate this week's level of total depravity, Shannon. I'm going to give it a 10. I've been sensing the spiritual warfare. It's intense all week long. And so, yeah, 10 for me. Be honest. You missed the Lindsey Graham blast. You missed them. You missed those, Shannon, don't you? You missed them. I do. Yeah, I do. All right, Jill, you you don't think about me anymore because I'm not on Twitter. I'm not all up in your face all the time. That kind of so. is true. Yeah. Like I totally forgot like until like a month ago I that existed. Alex Berenson was still alive. That does happen. Yeah, that is right. true. Right. All right. Jill, go ahead. 
I'm going to go with the nine just for the simple fact that Oklahoma and Florida are two of the latest states that have added restrictive abortion laws. And for the first time in my life, it actually feels like there's a bit of a movement for pro-life. Mm-hmm. Aaron. It's a 10. I love the fact that nine is the optimistic view yeah. now. <laughs> That's great. Nine is like, oh, wow. All right. A little sunlight. Let's get to issue two. Elon Musk didn't kill himself. Billionaire Elon Musk sent shockwaves through the system yesterday, offering to buy Twitter in its entirety for over $40 billion, or just over $54 per share, a 54% increase in the price per share of the company the day prior to becoming the largest single shareholder a few weeks ago. Musk spoke about his hostile takeover attempt yesterday. Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square, Um, so... Uh, it, it, it's just really important that people have the, both the, uh, the reality and the perception uh, that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. My, my strong intuitive sense is that uh, having a public platform that is maximally trusted um, and, 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 and broadly inclusive um, is extremely important to the future of civilization. But you've, you've described um, I, yourself. I, I don't care about the economics at all. And a good sign as to whether so, there is free speech is, uh, is, is someone you don't like allowed to say something you don't like. And if that is the case, then we have free speech. And it's, it's damn annoying when someone you don't like says something you don't like. That is a sign of a healthy, functioning, uh, free speech situation. Okay, so... so you don't like to lose. If, in this case, you are not successful in, you know, the board does not accept your offer, you've said you won't go higher, is there a plan B? There is. True or false, Shannon, we'll begin with you this time. Elon Musk has finally shown us that 4D chess truly does exist. Either he has forced Twitter to either take an offer way beyond its worth to greatly enrich its shareholders or risk multitudes of fiduciary malfeasant lawsuits by turning it down because they would prefer uh, to continue in doing censorship and furthering their agenda instead, which then he will then crater their stock by selling all of his shares, making a heft, a, a nice p- profit off of it, by the way, since he, ro- he raised their stock price. He will then crater their share price uh, and then probably sick even limp-wristed Republicans now that this is so out in the open that they're clearly just doing this for censorship now, right at the time Republicans are about ready to pretty much win everywhere uh, in the country in about six months. Oh, and then, by the way, he's demonstrated he's got $40 billion in liquid capital right now to go ahead and start his own alternative uh, to compete with them at the exact same time. To me, this is a no-lose scenario for him. That's why I, I titled this segment, Elon Musk Didn't Kill Himself. To me that's their only only way to get a w here is that but what are your thoughts so he does seem to be in this extraordinary situation where he has the ability to kind of um dis- disrupt what has been uh for for the most part over the past 10 years wide scale media censorship and it's been closing in on all of us for quite some time there are a couple of things that that 
um, pop out to me. First of all, it's clear that Elon Musk, I think like most people in the country, is probably not the same person that he was two years ago. And I think that every one of us in our own corner of the world, because of the events of 2020 and 21, the extreme lockdown, mm-hmm. the uncertainty, now the economic situation that is setting in, you know, people are beginning to um, look at things in a different way. And I think that you can see that um, in Elon Musk. He's not particularly a political person. He seems to be, a, you know, more of a, a pragmatist and obviously, a, you know, a brilliant thinker. But in this one thing, you know, to go back to our first segment, we were talking about the the trick of the devil in the progressive to make very complicated, very simple things. You can see here, Elon using this tactic of simplifying everything, right? Making what everyone says is so complicated, very simple, right? It to censorship, right? What is the truth? Do we have a free press or not? Well, if you can't say or listen to what someone else is saying that makes you mad, or if they say something that you don't like, you 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 want to take them off of the airways or censor them or shut them down, then that's a problem. And what I'm seeing from him is is a lot of clarity on this topic. Now, he might be wrong on other things. I don't know a whole lot about him or his personal life or what he's done. But on this one thing, this very basic, basic topic of freedom of speech, which he's right, is the key to the future of our civilization. It's it's the freedom to believe, the freedom to worship, the freedom to speak, the freedom to exercise, um, you, you know, other other, you know, areas in your life that, you know, whether it's in your livelihood or your work, your vocation. And so he's he's pinpointing on this. on on this topic. And I think very effectively pushing that into the four. And so I think that because he's right, because he's, he's onto it in terms of the truth. And he seems to be coming from, um, in in this case, uh, very simple uh, and pure heart. I think that there's not a lot that he can do when you turn the lights on, the cockroaches scatter. Amen. Yep. And you know, that's well said. What do you think, Jill? Steve, I never thought I'd see the day where Elon Musk started to sound like Glenn Beck. When you listen to that clip of of Elon Musk (laughs) saying, you know, the only speech that needs to be protected is the speech that you don't agree with. Beck has been saying that for years. And we know that God has a way of picking unlikely people to Mm -hmm. do his work. Elon Musk, look at it. Look at the brilliance of this. Elon made his money because of government subsidies in Tesla. (laughs) So many liberals bought Teslas thinking that they were going to save the planet. And now we get Elon Musk, this new Elon Musk, where he about 10 days ago, he was coming out saying, I'm increasingly convinced that corporate ESG is the devil incarnate. That's the Glenn Beck show right there. Yes. There you go. And now he's looking, right? So you have the, the global warming green energy guy who thinks we need to move to Mars to save ourselves, right. he's going to be the guy that potentially saves free speech. At the end of the day, I look at that and I say that, that there is only one way that that happens, and it's and it's not from here on Earth. But just yep. to see the, the blue check marks go from loving Elon as the creator of Tesla to now what we see as the complete exposure, the the fact that so many people were so terrified of an open platform of free speech, of just people being able to say what they think. It shows you how far down we've come. And and Shannon knows exactly all too well, right? Being kicked off Twitter herself. Just to have a conservative's ability 
to reach a new audience. Of course, that's not Elon's ultimate goal, but it's going to be part of this sweeping wave that that if he does get this through, and like you mentioned, uh, I, I loved it when he put out, I think it was Goldman Sachs price target yep. of, of Twitter was $30, and he's offering, offering $54.20 per share. Like Elon has all of the paperwork to back it up. You could see that. And when he says, yeah, I have, I have backup plans, he knows what he's doing. Aaron, you have a quick thought on this? I will just say, um, I, I don't think this proves 40 chess is real. I just think we're so unused to see people actually playing chess to win <laughs> that we think it's actually four-dimensional chess. This is a classic checkmate. It's just chess. It, it, is, it is just chess. Gotcha. Um, I like that He's take. got them in a no-win scenario <laughs> right now over at Twitter. And so we benefit, We all of us benefit in some way. Uh, whatever, whatever becomes of this. So I, I think this is uh, just chess. All right, quickly, exit question. If Twitter's ultimate fate from all of this were an ACDC song, which ACDC song would it be? A, Highway to Hell, as in it's doomed. B, Back in Black, that's the color Elon seems to wear most frequently. C, If You Want Blood, You Got It. Ongoing conflicts with shareholders, a Musk-led competitor, and or government awaits. Aaron. I'm bullish. Let's go Back in Black. Wow. All right, Jill, quickly go. See, see, that's probably my answer too. Shannon. What do you think? I want my amnesty. I'm going with back and black. Going back and black. Look at I, Shannon with some optimism now. Jill I went a nine, and all of a sudden, the sun is shining over Shannon's shoulder. Now we'll come back with more of the day's group here in a moment. More talk of food shortages, more talk of supply chain issues. Uh, I mentioned how much refilling the water cooler jugs and just getting drinks and a couple of days worth of food at Walmart. Uh, had me The wife texting me yesterday, why did you spend so much money there? Because everything costs so much money there right now. All right. Uh, make sure um, you're ready for the next time that, oh, that could never happen here. Uh, actually happens here. Uh, go to preparewithdace.com right now. Make sure you've got a backup food supply just in case with their three-month emergency food kit. And it is packed with a wide variety of delicious meals, 2,000 plus calories a day, three meals, including drinks and snacks, for you and everyone in your care, all kits are in stock. They ship quickly. They last for up to 25 years with the proper storage. And they also will come to your home discreetly if you want to keep that on the down low, right? They don't send the the bright green Doom Prepper van. I mean, maybe if you ask for it. You know, I'm not even sure they have that. But uh, they keep it on the down low so that you have peace of mind. When you go to preparewithdace.com right now, get free shipping uh, right now. Uh, and $150 off, free shipping and $150 off when you go to preparewithdace.com. Let's get back to the Dace group here, joined by New York talk show host Shannon Joy, Blaze TV contributor Jill Savage. Uh, let's get to issue three, The Wizard of Oz. This is Mehmet Oz. Most know him as Dr. Oz from TV, and a few more now know him as a Republican Senate primary contestant in Pennsylvania 
who just picked up an endorsement from Donald Trump. Senator Clinton, one of the smartest people I've ever met. Dr. Fauci is too, but he's a very disciplined leader. Yes. He's a wonderful scientist. We need to work with China. And I love working in China. Challenging your beliefs about what it means to be male or female. How do we keep guns out of the wrong person's hands? The greatest national security threat that we have is obesity. And we haven't had any interaction with President Trump at all. So uh, that was an ad that was put forth by uh, the campaign. I think it's McCormick. Is David the, McCormick. David McCormick. Yep. All right. Uh, who's the leader right now in the polling in Pennsylvania. This endorsement from Trump lit MAGA world ablaze with blowback over the weekend. And I'm talking even people who whose names now have huge followings, but we had no idea who these people were until they glommed on to Trump. I mean, I, everyone, virtually everyone in MAGA world lost their minds over this endorsement in Pennsylvania. So, Jill, I'll begin with you. What was Trump doing here by endorsing the guy who's actually not even leading in the polling there right now? Yeah, and it, it's strange because he usually is loyal to the people who are good to him in the past. So when he, he said there in the end of that video montage, like, oh, we aren't even with Trump, um, it, it doesn't make much sense to me. When you look at this Trump endorsement, it has to just go back to, you know, going out there and, and not being in touch with his base anymore is what I look at it as. Because if you take a guy who's pro-child surgery for transgender, Oprah's TV doctor, we don't need anybody like a Dr. Oz uh, to, to be endorsed by Donald Trump. And the only thing that Trump is going to be good for in the 2024 election is if he comes in and, and he actually goes through and burns it all down, right? But right now, Elon looks better than than Trump when, when taking on the establishment. Trump has to get back to the anti-establishment ways that made him popular in the first place. And this goes completely against that. What do you think, Aaron? I don't know what to make of this. I mean, you combine this with some of the other um, questionable endorsements that Trump has made uh, recently. The one that sticks out the most to me is Morgan Ortegas, which I'm not sure where that bill in Tennessee ended up, but it sounds like she might be disqualified from the uh, 5th Congressional District uh, primary and election there. Uh, This one, and then this week... He endorsed J.D. Vance in, uh, I believe it's Ohio, uh, for U.S. Senate. A J.D. Vance, from what I've seen, I'm not an expert on J.D. Vance. He seems like a pretty MAGA guy, a pretty populist guy um, right now. And so that's a that's a positive endorsement right there. This is, again, I'll just reiterate something that I've said before. I hope that Donald Trump decides before 2024 that he would like to enjoy a nice long retirement shooting hole-in-ones at Mar-a-Lago. And he's never going to disappear, but I, I hope that's what I hope that's what he decides to do. However, if he if he doesn't decide to do that, I'll probably vote for him for president. I hope he becomes incapacitated. But if he doesn't, I'll probably vote for him. And uh, we will just we're just going to get a repeat. I don't think that I don't think things are going to look much different than the first four years with Trump. Trump. uh, The only thing that doesn't change with Trump is like basically uh, the fact that everything does. Uh, 
I, I, there's no rhyme or reason. There's no coherent worldview. It's just, hey, I had a good meeting with Dr. Oz. He seems like a fine dude. Yeah, you got my endorsement. Oh, Morgan Ortega, she's kind of hot. Yeah, you got my endorsement. Oh, J.D. Vance, you've said MAGA things. You seem pretty populist. You've been a big supporter of mine. You get my... It's just this one day, this the next, in the middle of, uh, you know, towing the the narrative line about Ukraine and how it's a genocide over there. That may be true. I don't know. But that's that's the narrative right now. In between that and, say you know, uh, bragging about Operation Warp Speed, there is no rhyme or reason. He is 100 and uh, maybe 100,000 percent better than what we've got going right now. Better is not necessarily good, but I would take it. At the same time, he drives me nuts, not just on a personal level and on a worldview level as well, because I don't think he has one. And that's what makes it so frustrating to try to figure out what the hell he's doing on any given day. Shannon, you get the last word. You know, we have spent a lot of time for many, 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 many years as conservatives trying to figure out what the hell Trump thinks, what he's doing, why he does what he does. We spend an enormous amount of time. Which is why I gave it up for Lent permanently and I'm Protestant. His, yeah. Right. Like the, the, here is the bottom line. I learned this a long time and a long time ago in politics. When something doesn't make sense, when when things just do not make sense, it usually means that you are missing a major piece of the puzzle. There is something that is omitted, omitted that you are not privy to. And with Trump, I have always had the suspicion. I mean, none of us should be surprised about this. We remember Donald Trump, who embraced Mitch McConnell right after he was elected, after McConnell and Graham had spent how many months attacking him. He went after the Freedom Caucus. He went after Rand Paul. He went after Ted Cruz. He embraced Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi for the majority of his presidency. And then when the atom bomb that is COVID-19 and lockdown hit our country, he embraced Anthony Fauci, who worked behind his back to destroy his presidency from that moment forward. When are we going to get it through our thick, thick skulls that this man does not have our best interests at heart? He never had our best interests at heart. I don't know what he's doing. I don't care what he's doing. But if there is one thing that Donald Trump does, it is distract our movement and our people from the things that actually work and fixate their eyes and their attention on things that are absolutely useless, frivolous, and will never, ever solve the problems facing our country. So I'm not surprised. None of this is surprising to me. I just hope that we wake up as a movement to what it is that he is and and erase it as quickly as possible because we have a country to save. For the sake of argument, let me grant that everything you just said is 100% accurate. The problem is, and I'm, and I'm just granting that point for the sake of this conversation. The, the, the problem is that... Our people are like Richard Gere, an, an, an officer and a gentleman right now. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else yeah. to go. All right. Outside the window, it's pouring rain, man. All right. Uniform soaked, disheveled. I got nowhere else to go. And so even if there is no true aligned conviction, there have been several times that there have been truly aligned interests. And we have gotten something out of those interests. We can't say we've gotten nothing. We have gotten something. And so when I when our people hear people like you say that, Shannon, I know they feel as if you're telling them 
to do nothing, that there's nowhere else to go. We, we, before, when Elon Musk launched, it proved that he was willing to go to war here. I asked Todd and Aaron that day on the show, outside of the governor of Florida, show me another alpha male in power in America who you trust to act consistently in our interests. In any, mm-hmm. in any industry, in any endeavor, in any field, in any pursuit, outside the governor of Florida, they could not come up with one. Right. And so this is the frustration that, that when our people hear you say things like that, yeah. This is why they're frustrated because okay. they're Richard Gere. I got nowhere else to go. There's Can no I one else. That? No one else is interested, even in a utilitarian, purely cynical sense, if that's what your view of Trump is. Right. He, he, but even on that level, no one else is, is, is willing to at least allow their interests to align temporarily. They're totally without representation without him, or at least right. that's the way they feel. I'll give you a minute to respond because I want to get to the next topic. Go ahead. Sure. Um, I can relate to that feeling because that was the feeling that I had, you know, eight or nine years ago as I was looking at the discernible policy outcome coming from the Republicans. The reason that we don't want to accept that is because we don't know or we don't see another way. We often want heroes. This is why you see people glomming onto Elon Musk right now. We want the white knight. We want someone to come and save us. I would encourage people to go back to our founding, our declaration of independence and our constitution. Before there were presidents and elections and political parties, there was a way that the American people found freedom Mm. and fought for freedom and earned it. Mm. And that is through that local organization that is understanding what our founding documents are and doing things in your own life to change things. Um, I don't offer heroes right? There, there are no heroes here. If we want to save this country, we have to do it ourselves from our own corner of the world with our own unique talents and abilities. And we need to find each other. And that's what I would offer to, to the audience, people who are frustrated with what I'm saying. It's a good response. Let's get to the exit question. The last poll of the Pennsylvania Senate primary prior to Trump's endorsement, which was conducted by Emerson, that was back on April the 6th, I think, had Oz trailing by six points when undecideds were forced to choose a candidate, despite the fact that Oz has the highest name ID. That's the other thing, too. In fact, he's the only candidate in the race with high name ID. The primary is one month from now, on May 17th. Will Trump's endorsement help Oz to come from behind and pull it out? Aaron? No. Shannon? No. Jill? No. I agree. I don't think it will either. And it's because Oz has the name ID. It'd be one thing if you had that terrible record of comments and activism, but nobody knew who he was. You could reinvent him. But, but he's the guy with the 100% name ID in the race. I mean, it, he's kind of a finished product. I agree with that. Let's get to our kicker topic, issue four. If you had Elon money and you could make one, just one transaction for the most cultural impact, what would you do? Shannon, go. I would buy iHeartRadio. The biggest, well, depending on how you measure it, them in Cumulus, the biggest media or radio uh, distributor of content in the country. Why? Yeah. The the corporatization of radio has been uh, a disaster for Mm. free speech, even on right-wing airwaves. And um, it's destroying the local element and it's embedded in every community across the country. It's a big, big problem. And so I think that decentralization, breaking up those corporate monopolies in media um, along the lines of what Twitter or what, you know, uh, Musk is doing with Disney is going to be imperative. Okay, that's a good answer. Jill? 
Uh, if Elon has Twitter taken care of, then I would go ahead and buy YouTube. I know that's where I had spent a lot of my time watching videos, and I think that's where a lot of the youth will be in the future as well. So I would really look to uh, to really try and take up YouTube. And if I had any extra money in my loose change, I'd be like the anti-George Soros going around through all of the local elections that I possibly could. Mm. Aaron. Yeah, I would uh, I would buy ESPN. I think that would, because I think a lot of men still watch that. If you could actually get a good product and not actually fill it with woke stuff, I think that would be, that would have a good impact. That's why I would buy Disney. Uh, it's the most influential content creator in the history of content creation, uh, other than the church of Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, so that's why I would buy that. Uh, and, and, and I wouldn't have to move mountains, um, uh, in order to generate more righteous content, because that's inherent really to its origin and founding, right? So I wouldn't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel. I just have to do a little reformation. All right, predictions, Aaron. Uh, I say that within the next uh, two to three months, uh, Joe Biden will mysteriously disappear like we won't hear anything from him for about a week and a half. That episode yesterday? Yeah. Is the worst one yet. Turning around and shaking hands with air and not yep. realizing anybody's there and then walking around and not knowing where to go. Yep. That one yesterday, that was the worst one we've had yet. Shannon. Word on the street that there is this uh, new girl on Twitter. Her handle is at Karen Joy Jones 22. I repeat, <laughs> at Karen Joy Jones 22. And she's really cool. And she sounds a lot like Shannon Joy, and I predict she's going to have a hundred new followers after this episode. <laughs> What's her name? At Karen Joy. Oh, at oh, Karen Joy Jones. Wow, Karen Jones already follows me. I, I know I do. Karen Joy Jones. That's the name. Yep. Karen Joy Jones, twenty-two, baby. Uh, yes. Oh, twenty-two. Karen Joy Jones, twenty-two. Okay, yeah. got to make sure That's I get Karen. that twenty-two in there. All right, I like that she's prediction. Cool. All right, cool. uh, Jill, your prediction. Go. Uh, quickly, just going off of uh, Aaron's comment, how Biden's handlers are not just standing there trying to receive him when he comes off stage. That's a failure on their own part. Uh, but I'm going to say that the USFL will do well. America needs a good spring football league. The SFL was doing very well until COVID hit. But I think the USFL is going to be where it's at this time. My prediction is. Uh, and I think they've got a good shot because there's a previous brand name there, but they picked the right time of year. I, don't, I didn't understand why these other spring leagues were starting in January or right after the Super Bowl, I mean. We're not sick. of We, we just had a football season. We're good to go. Now's the time of year that you start jonesing for football again. All right? But uh, my prediction is that Trump's Truth Social will never fully launch. And that it will eventually just be gaslit and go away so that its failure will not get in the way of his looming presidential run. And I know, man, that's like a 180 from what I was predicting. Like even just, was it four weeks ago I predicted mm -hmm. that it would put out of business all of the rest of the uh, so-called alternatives to Twitter. Uh, I mean, they, they, they can't handle the capacity of signing people up. This is not serious. Okay. And so I, I predict it will never fully launch now. And then it will just be gaslit and put in the circular file and forgotten so that it's never to be brought up again as he runs for president again. Ladies, good to have you back. As always, uh, happy Easter to both of you. All right. God bless. Take care. Thank you. You're welcome. And we'll come back with Hour 2 with Just Us Guys in a moment.
Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Again, let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox, which you can take advantage of by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. D-E-A-C-E, like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. Follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter and Getter. And if you're a podcast listener, please uh, leave us a five-star review if you've yet to do that. Uh, and then keep uh, coming those uh, uh, sub- subscribe and follow button pushes uh, because the more of those we get, the more times you click on those. Apparently it does something to help the show. I don't know what that something is. I'm just repeating what I'm told. I, I just know that our egos appreciate it. So uh, let us know. Voice your support by doing one of those, if not both of those things. And thank you to both of you, uh, both of you, to all of you. There's been actually tens of thousands of you that have done those things. Thanks to each and every one of you uh, for uh, giving us the thumbs up. We greatly appreciate that. And don't forget, you can also get clips of the show that you can watch for free, free of censorship over on rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. So spring is allegedly here. Like it says it's spring on the calendar. It is very wintry uh, in Iowa right now. Tomorrow it's going to be, or Sunday for Easter, high of 38, we're now saying. Okay. Now, though, I looked at the long range and it looks like after yeah. Tuesday. It's going to start warming Yeah, we, we, spring finally arrives. Okay. So uh, you want to make sure you're ready to get back out into the sun. You need one of those uh, Taiga coolers we've been telling you about. They're super strong. They come in lots of colors. They can be customized for personal or corporate gifts. One of the guys at Taiga, they they want to give me a customized cooler that we can show people that doesn't violate any like licensing or anything yeah. with a logo. Okay. Yeah. And I don't want to tell you what it is, the mock-up that they sent me, but it's freaking genius. And if they pull it off, you guys are going to love it. Okay. These are sturdy coolers, though, man. I, have you used yours? Much? I've not used mine yet, but you were yeah. you guys were using yours during yeah. the house move last weekend. Yeah. So I, I there's another cooler brand. I'm not sure we're, we're allowed to say. There's another cooler brand that's supposedly top of the line uh, that we that we own one of. Uh, and this, I mean, holds up. Uh, these Tiga coolers hold up uh, just as well in terms of sturdiness, if not more so. And uh, usability and, and insulation as well. They're just they're they're a really good product. Everything's made here in America. They're not Chinese owned or or uh, made. Uh, premium coolers that are less than those that you see in stores or advertised. They make for great gifts as well for family or clients. If you want to learn more right now or get one yourself, go to Tyga. That's T as in Tom, A I G as in George, A. T-A-I-G-A, TaigaCoolers.com. Again, that's TaigaCoolers.com. And yeah, they can customize some cool stuff for you as well. All right, let's get to some feedback Friday here on a Feedback Friday. Let us begin with this note. I'm going to the funeral of a friend. He was 54, a committed husband, loving father of three with his first grandchild due next week. Faithful Christian, and he's definitely with Jesus now. So what happened? One of his daughters is a new nurse. She convinced the family to take the jab. My friend told me he prayed about the jab and had peace about it and encouraged me to get it. When I asked him to pray, my company wouldn't fire me for not getting jabbed. Four weeks ago, and I, I can never remember how to pronounce GBS. Is it Ghislaine Barr syndrome? Uh, Julian Bear. Julian Bear syndrome. Yeah. So I totally had it wrong. My bad. Four weeks ago, he got GBS. We'll go with that. 
a rare disease that attacks the nervous system. GBS is rare, but it has spiked in the past year. He's right. It has. I've seen the data. So much so, in fact, that even the CDC and FDA are now listing it as a possible side effect of the jab. His doctor denied this, and his family believed the doctor. GBS has a 96% full recovery rate, but he got multiple blood clots and died recently. This is the fourth person I personally know to be killed by this jab, but he's the youngest. I believe in the sovereignty of God and believe not one person lives a shorter or longer life than what God decides. However, I'm still seething angry. I don't want to ruin the funeral for the family by jumping up to say the jab killed him. His wife says she loves God, but is angry and questioning why. I want to tell everyone not to question God, but blame our demonic leaders who did this in their lack of a biblical worldview for following them. I'm tired of it, Steve. Luckily, I convinced my parents not to get the booster. I'm telling everyone I can this stuff is poison. Keep fighting the good fight, brother. Appreciate you. And that is from Brian Cleary. And Brian, we are very sorry for your loss. Unfortunately, you are not alone because I have gotten the ver- a variation on this theme in my inbox so many times already. Right now, speaking of my inbox, I have been emailed, and by the way, I'm not complaining, okay? I don't want to make it sound like a a complaint, but I have been emailed at least a hundred times in the last 24 hours, a video on Rumble right now involving some kind of water test or something with the COVID jab. I've not had a chance to watch it. I've never heard of the individual who uh, conducted the demonstration in the video. But the emails began by saying, have you seen this? They have now evolved into, why haven't you seen this? And are you being censored by the blaze? The blaze has never told me something I can or cannot say. They wouldn't even try. That doesn't mean there's nothing I can't say. I'm subject to libel and slander laws. And I can say things that put our entire platform at risk. But here at The Blaze, we're treated like adults, which is handle your business and we don't have to. Draw your audience so that your show's not a money pit and you can keep doing a show. And if you can't do that, you can't. Those are the only guidelines we have here. So why haven't I gone to this video or talked about it yet for all of you that are emailing me about it? Here's why. I can't make any mistakes. In the environment we are currently in, from a debate standpoint, I have to be perfect with any point I enter into the record for the first time. Meaning anytime I go to something for the first time, I cite something new. I discuss something new. I'm not like all of you. I do this professionally. I'm on the front lines. And that happens in any field. 
I mean, you can you can be wrong with your medical opinions. If your doctor's wrong once, there's far greater consequences. So the environment in which people like me operate in this day and age is if we're going to introduce something new, we have to be 100% sure. If we're wrong once, we won't get to be wrong twice. We'll be banned. This is very similar to the discussion about the election and Dominion voting machines. I can't do anything to verify anything with Dominion voting machines. I cannot. Doesn't mean I don't believe it. It just doesn't serve any purpose I have with the calling I have on this show by indulging it because I can't verify it. And so all it does is open me up to not being able to communicate to you the things I can verify by being censored and banned. Secondly, I don't need a Dominion, fantastical Dominion voting machine scandal to mathematically, with my knowledge of how politics works and how to read electorates and polls and numbers, I don't need a fantastical tale to show that the last election was stolen. I can do it with just math, and I have, and that's also why I believe the last election was stolen. Unfortunately, We are in the devil's playground here. Now, I'm not going to play by the devil's rules. That's why I haven't sold out. That's why I don't lie to you. That's why I don't cut corners. That's why I do my own research. But I also cannot ignore the rules of the field of play at the same time. That's why to skirt those rules, to beat them... I have to stay within the realm of places that I can objectively prove. I don't need this water video you guys are all emailing me about. I don't need it to prove that the COVID jab is poison because I've got all these testimonies from people like Brian Cleary and all the data out there whether it's excess deaths, whether it's the rise of heart ailments and heart attacks and fatalities from people Aaron's age to my own, I have all the data out there that I can use that I can verify. I don't need the fantastical tale. One of the things I I, I used to lament, and one of the reasons I didn't believe the whole Russian collusion thing was completely a hoax at first, is because I, I, I think I even used to say this, Aaron, They've, they've accused Trump of so many things. They've got, they, they're putting Michael Cohen in prison and this person on trial, right? This former campaign manager, Paul Manafort, going to prison. Why would they have to make up some fantastical tale? You know what I'm, didn't make any sense. Right. You know what I'm saying? Did they make up a fantastical tale? They absolutely. Whole cloth did. they did. They made the whole damn thing up. The whole thing was a political plot. We don't need to do that. That doesn't mean, by the way, that the whole thing with the water you guys are all emailing me about is not true. I just have no way of verifying it. I don't know who this doctor is. Might be a great guy. But I've never heard of him. And I, why do I need to go to him when I can bring on a pathologist like Ryan Cole who has personally observed hundreds of thousands of samples of COVID infections and jab after effects in his own microscope? 
Why do I need to do that? Take any risk when I can bring on arguably America's most decorated cardiologist in American history, Peter McCullough, prior to COVID. I can't take the risks that I can't prove. I have to be very careful about things. And it's not just my own livelihood. It's Aaron's, it's Todd's. Frankly, it's other people at this channel. Every time this microphone goes hot and I open my mouth, and the same is true for Steven Crowder and Jason Whitlock and everybody else here, all of our livelihoods and all of our staffs and everything else is at risk. Now, everybody to some degree comes to work at a place like Blaze TV because they're willing to die on some hills, right? Everybody here is. We might, we might disagree with the right hills to die on are. There's a diversification of opinion here, as we've all discussed in the last few weeks, right? There's a diversity of opinion on key existential topics even here, but everyone comes to work at a place like this because they believe there are hills worthy of dying on. To me, it is not worthy of dying on the hill of fantastical tales I cannot prove only to then just reprove something without them I can prove. I don't need it. To me, it's like the intellectual equivalency of pouring over every codicil of eschatology. On what date will the temple be rebuilt? To the point that it takes away from what the ultimate story is. Jesus returns and once and for all crushes the head of the serpent, casts him into the lake of fire. And every knee bows and every tongue confesses that he alone is Lord. That gets lost in a lot of our end times discussions. You ever notice that? To the point that we like, to the point we like look at it with dread. Could this be it? Aren't we like, please let this be it. I don't care how it gets here. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to see any more degradation. Please let this be it. Yeah. Please. I want to look up and see on a white horse, my Lord. We don't need unproven fantastical tales. I don't need to risk that. Because there's so many real damn tragedies like the one I just read to you. And the system wants to pretend that the vaccine injured, they're the new former homosexual. Early in my career, I used to go out of my way to, to interview people who left homosexuality behind. We still do it every now and then. Because the system wanted to pretend that these people didn't exist. And they do. And I've interviewed and met several. Now they want to pretend, the system does, that the vaccine injured or, or murdered don't exist. And they do. I'm willing to risk the credibility of my platform and its existence on giving these real people a voice. I'm not going to risk it on fantastical tales that I cannot on my own or with no further assistance like a personal testimony prove. Whether the vaccine is made of snake venom or whether it's just an experimental technology recklessly made for nefarious for other nefarious reasons as simple as greed doesn't change the fact that Brian Cleary went to the funeral of a 54-year-old friend who was otherwise healthy and is now dead.
Ryan writes, I work as a teacher for a school in a youth mental facility. Unfortunately, my job follows under the CMS mandate for the jab. Thankfully, my employer has been very liberal about granting religious exemptions. As a part of my exemption, once a week, I must have a nurse from our facility record my temperature and then I circle yes or no regarding four questions of whether I've had COVID symptoms in the last two weeks. On a similar note, my wife is 37 weeks pregnant with our second boy. When we go to her doctor's appointments, we have to answer similar questions about COVID symptoms. Over the past week or so, I have had cold symptoms but lied about having those symptoms on my exemption paperwork and doctor doctor paperwork. I lied so I wouldn't have to miss work or the birth of my child. As a follower of Jesus, I strive not to be purposefully deceptive. My thought is that government COVID policy is deceptive to begin with, so in return, I justify my deception about my symptoms. What are your thoughts? This is an excellent question, Aaron. Let me put it in another context. Is the command, what does the commandment say? In its actual language, does it say not to kill or not to murder? Which is it? Uh, Murder. Murder, correct. Does the commandment in its actual original language say not to lie or not to bear false witness? Bear false witness. To bear false witness. So let's put a practical application on that. Door knocks over at Corey Tenboom's pad one day in the uh, spring of 44. And it's some jackbooted Nazi thugs outside saying, hey, got any of them Jews here? We heard you had a hiding place. Got any more? Got any of those, those spare Jews here? We, we've got a couple of empty slots at the showers. Uh, that don't uh, dispense water. We've got a couple of empty pl- uh, places and uh, for them on the train to take them to the ovens. And Corey Ten Boom says, well, you know, I'm not supposed to lie. So, yep. Actually, the they're, right, they're right over there under the stairs in the corner. Yeah. yeah. Is that righteous? No. Why? Because her actions and words are leading to the murder of other human beings. Which is against the character of God, correct? Correct. Correct. What are the commandments? A revelation of God's character. They are a revelation of God's character. In the story of Ruth and Boaz, Boaz goes to the city gate to negotiate with Ruth's kinsman redeemer, who by law has first rights to marry her as a widow. And he goes to her and he says, hey, I've got this, uh, this convert here, okay? Uh, and um, her mother-in-law is a Moabitess, and, uh, who, of course, were banished from the, from the covenant assembly because of uh, their lineage tracing back to the uh, incest of Lot and his daughters. Uh, so I've got this Moabitess recent convert here, um, and um, uh, she's a widow, all those things are true. Are they all true? Yeah. They're all true. Actually, he doesn't mention that she's a recent convert. I forgot that part. Right. So all those things are true. Are they the full truth? Nope. Now, the kinsman redeemer could ask for more clarification, right? Does he do that? No. No. Why doesn't he do that? Because his motivations aren't the spirit of that law. His motivations are to add to his portfolio. And, and, and Ruth's going to exceed the grief to profit ratio. 
a mother-in-law who's a Moabitess? Yeah, I'm going to. It's going to be a no from me, dog. Now, how now how does God respond to this act? Because one man's shrewdity is another man's lack of disclosure, right? Mm-hmm. How does God respond to this shrewdity slash non-disclosure by Boaz? The, the son that they have is in the lineage of the Messiah. That's how he responds. There's a prostitute before Boaz by the name of Rahab. She is hiding the spies that were sent in to scout the land of Canaan that the Jews are about to topple on God's behalf. She hides them and is deceptive to the local authorities who are looking for them. How does God respond to Rahab's deception. She is also uh, in the lineage to the Messiah. If these if this medical system was truly interested in treating COVID, do you know what it would have done for the last 25 months? Treated Treated COVID. COVID. It would have done that. If it was interested in it, it would have treated it. Peter McCullough gave a presentation yesterday where he now estimates 95% of deaths and hospitalizations could have been avoided. Let's say he's off by half. Let's say he's doubled that number. 45% could have been avoided. Does it lie to this day about its treatments and jabs? Yes, it does. This time of year, with allergies and everything else, do people have symptoms they think are colds? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this really isn't about isolating COVID, is it? It's about isolating you. So no, biblically, I don't think you did anything wrong at all. After all, what was your motivation? What was Boaz's? See, that's the judge here, is motivation. What is the motivation? Why does Rahab practice deception with the local authorities? Because she has heard the story of the one true God that has shown his favor upon the Jewish people and knows that this is actually the God to worship. So you should be good to his people. That's reverence, fear, reverential fear. Why does Boaz do it? Because he loves this woman and he wants to marry her and cherish her. Despite the fact her mother is a Moabitess or mother-in-law is a Moabitess and she's already been married and therefore isn't a virgin. It's to love her, to honor her, to cherish her. It's not selfish. Brother, what is your motivation Be there for your wife and your family. No. I don't think you did anything wrong at all. And I think there are biblical examples that I just cited that indicate you're in good company. Now, if your motivation is to get over, is that a godly motivation? No. No. To commit a fraud? No. If you're sitting there with a 104 degree temperature 
Whether, whether we're living in the time of COVID or not, should you probably speak up? Yeah, because you're going into a hospital where there are people with weakened immune systems. You know, you should probably speak up about that. Regardless of COVID, I'm assuming you didn't, those aren't the symptoms you had. But if what you're telling me is true, then no, I, I don't think you did anything wrong at all. I think it was righteous, actually. Marianne writes, I was interested to hear that you guys are now advertising the Z-Stack. I hope that it all goes well for Dr. Zelenko back in 2020 when I was losing my mind because it was very clear that there was an agenda afoot that had nothing to do with reason and science and data. By that time, I had heard of the Zelenko protocol, that's the Z-Stack. And I'd done a lot of research into COVID and the data. After reading about and listening to Dr. Zelenko, I started on his recommended protocol in November of that year. I've told all my friends and family about his protocol. <clears throat> I can say that after 14 months, our household has not contacted, contracted COVID. Of course, now that I say that, I've probably jinxed us. Uh, because, and I believe it's because of Zel- Dr. Zelenko's protocol. And I'll continue to use it for the rest of my life. My husband decided to get jabbed, and I have to say it is wicked. He is a 20-year cancer survivor, and after receiving a clean bill of health last June, in October, he was diagnosed with bone cancer. The oncologist cannot find the source of the bone cancer, which has to come from somewhere else in the body. If I firmly believe it was the jab, well, you're not alone. Marianne, there are lots, a growing number of very respected medical people that are reaching the same conclusion. In addition, after he had his second jab, he experienced a single um, episode of, um, in addition, after he had his second jab, I experienced a single episode of menstrual bleeding. I'm postmenopausal. This is wicked stuff, meaning she is concerned that because of marital relations, he has passed it on to her in some way, shape, or form. Again, I don't, I don't need a fantastical tale. I don't, I don't have to take that risk because I, I, I'm taking plenty of risk with the actual things I can actually refer to, the testimonies of the witnesses I can call who lived all of this first person like Marianne and the data that I myself can call, cultivate, and assemble. And this is the world in which we live. I know it sucks. Hey, I'm a storyteller. In case you had forgotten, I kind of like fantastical tales myself. I've written a couple. All right. (laughs) Okay. But unfortunately, we are living in an era where I just, I cannot survive in this arena on anything other than pure, fact-based, non-allegorical or metaphorical, completely controvertible, provable facts and logic. And I have to be right about them pretty much 100% of the time. Aaron, you have any thoughts? This is my great frustration. Um, whether it's... There's there's one end of this where I think the fantastical explanations is a coping me- mechanism. I think I think we all kind of want to go there to try to make sense of the chaos in the world and the only way we can do that is through fantastical four-dimensional chess explanations for why things are the way that they are uh the other part of this is just uh 
it's just entertainment. That's why we like that's why we like the fantastic explanations. Either ditch either ditch is to be avoided and um you know, I I want to believe some of the fantastical explanations sometimes because then there's some comfort knowing that you know, there was a plan even if it's not a plan that I I like instead of just calling it what it is. And that is evil. Um, we don't need a fantastical explanation for that. What we, what we just need is, at the beginning, prima facie evidence. And then as things start to unravel more, we get more solid data. Mm. That's what happened with the election. Uh, that's what's happening with the jabs right now. No need for the fantastical. Um, When we've got things like what's going on in Ukraine and a lot of countries where a lot of data mining centers are located, man, those things are havens for scammers and hackers. That's where our home titles come in. That's where home title lock comes in. They put a virtual barrier around your home's title to make sure that you won't have it pilfered from you and all that equity and investment is gone. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Register your address to find out if you're already a victim and don't yet know it with our friends over at HomeTitleLock.com. They protect you when no one else can at HomeTitleLock.com. If you are a pet owner... You know that taking care of your pet means more than just food and water. You love that little son of a gun. All right. He's a part of your family. Health and happiness of your puppy is important to you. That's why I've been telling you for a while now about Rough Greens. It's the supplement powder you mix into your pet's food. And if your pet has the same palate that uh, ours, Cap, does, then they're going to love their food even more. Cap loves this stuff. It's got all the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients likely missing from your store-bought food for the same reason that that stuff's been missing from our store-bought food for many years now. Mass distribution, longer shelf life, and that's why we go out and buy so many supplements these days because we have to put that stuff back into our bodies for our own health. Well, your pet needs it too, and now they've got their own supplement with Rough Greens, but... You might be concerned. What if our pet doesn't like it? What if I don't really see a difference? Well, here's what we do for you. We give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. It's on the house to see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less with Rough Greens. And then we ask you, though, because we want you to use it. And let's face it, a lot of times somebody just gives you something for nothing. It just ends up on a shelf forgotten about, right? Because you're not invested. So we ask for you to pay for the shipping. And, and Listen, we're giving you the bag for free. It's not like we are like, wow, I mean, that shipping's really over the top. Uh, we can't afford that. We, we want you to have some skin in the game so that you're invested now and you'll want to use it to justify it because we think it's good for your puppy. All right? So give it a shot right now when you go to roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F, that's how they spell it, at roughgreens.com. Or you can just give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG. That's 833-ROUGH-DOG. So I am going to call a lid in honor of our president, for lack of a better description. I'm going to call an early lid on a Friday for Feedback Friday, if you don't mind. 
because I'd like to close with some thoughts about Good Friday. One of the things that I have gotten a lot in my career, and I've gotten it even more as this show has grown demonstrably in the last few years, is that more people have heard uh, have heard religious truth or the context for religious beliefs on this show than they've heard almost anywhere else. And that is on purpose. When we, when we started this show, the ambitious goal that I had is I, I, you know, I grew up listening to Rush as so many of you did. The, one of the books that my wife read when she wanted to learn more about me and get to know me better was Rush's the way things ought to be. It remains one of the best-selling nonfiction books of all time. And what Rush did is he took conservatism into the mainstream. He made it chic. He made it cool. Uh, he made it a part of the daily conversation in America again. And it uh, it spawned a renaissance of an industry. Uh, and people like me have the jobs that we have today because of the, the trail that he blazed. God rest his soul. Um, when we started this, because how I started is very similar to his story. I mean, he had a couple of very successful businessmen go out to find this guy in a mid-market in Sacramento, California, and they thought he had a unique kind of shtick and, and something that might be able to speak to a new generation. And they put the capital around him to take him to big old New York City and see if there was an, they had, you know, had found a, a talent there. Well, that's what happened with me. Uh, some Christian businessmen here in Iowa thought, hey, we've seen the impact you've had in the state. We now want to see, can you use those gifts to have a broader impact across the country? So we'll put the capital around you to kind of launch you out of here. And then from a mid-major market like Des Moines, and let's see what happens. And voila, here I am. All right, 11 years later. We started that 11 years ago. And 11 years later, here we are. And when we started this 11 years ago, we wanted to, we had, it was kind of ballsy, Okay. Uh, putting yourself in that company. But the grand vision we had for this show is we wanted to do for a biblical worldview what Rush did for conservatism. That that our show our show's ultimate mission is to use the talents and gifts God has given us to try to bring a biblical worldview back into the American mainstream again. Make it part of the conversation again. Let the lion out of its cage. And so... Today is one of the most important days on the religious calendar. And a lot of you may not know the true understanding of Good Friday or why it's called Good Friday. And um, the reason why it is called Good Friday is because it is arguably the darkest day in all of human history. It is a recognition of the day that we killed love incarnate, Mercy incarnate, truth incarnate, God incarnate. Um, why? Because in his love and in his truth and in his mercy, he forced us to confront our own sin. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to humble ourselves before him or anyone else, frankly. So we nailed him to a tree. And we hung Christ on a cross. And we thought we were the ones doing the deed. We were the ones in control of this situation, that, that we had pronounced the verdict here. We were wrong. Blessedly, thankfully, 
we were wrong. See, Jesus chose this death on our behalf. He chose to die the death we deserved. As he told his disciples in the Gospel of John the night before he was arrested, I willingly lay down my life. And by the way, as we find out the third day, if I willingly lay down my life, then I alone have the power to pick it back up again. His last words on this Good Friday, it is finished, or I think a more precise translation is it is accomplished. What was finished? The wrath of God has been satisfied. The ultimate atonement has been made. What has been accomplished, the law has been fulfilled. It's not been canceled. The moral law still exists, for example. But it has been fulfilled. Jesus said, I did not come to cancel the law. As the Messiah, I have come to fulfill it. I am the fulfillment of it. When he says to his Jewish followers, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he is saying, I am the Torah incarnate. I am the way. That's what they called the Torah at that time, the way. He is saying, I am the Torah. I am the Psalms. I am the prophets. I am the law. I am the fulfillment of your traditions, which you have been looking forward to all of these years. I am he. And because of who he is, there is no other way to satisfy the justifiable wrath of God that you and me and all of us are deserving of. There is no other qualified atonement for our sin. There's nothing else you can do to escape the wrath of God that you deserve, as do I. There is no other way to ultimately reconcile yourself to the only living God without the recognition of what happened on Good Friday and why. Good Friday, look at all the evil in the world. Why doesn't God do something? Well, first of all, that question neglects to acknowledge who's responsible for it. We are. The creation didn't sin. We did. We're responsible for it. We did this. And God agrees because he is God and we are not. He is responsible for doing something about it. To whom much is given, much is required. So we did. But he addressed it on a molecular level. On a very granular level. He confronted the evil in this world. Where it starts and originates. In our collective hearts. The first time that God incarnate arrived on earth, he did so humbly. Uh, first as a baby in a manger, that's called Christmas, and later as our willing sacrificial lamb, or what we call Easter. Good Friday is a reminder, though, 
that the time of Christ's humbleness toward humanity is not an indefinite period of time. It will not last forever. Easter is the reminder that when he comes again, he will do so in power and glory as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Just as the giant stone was rolled away of his tomb and the last enemy, therefore, death, was conquered on that resurrection day. That is a preview of what will happen when Christ returns. When he returns, evil and its unrepentant doers once and for all will be judged and vanquished away in his power and his might. He will not come to offer undeserved atonement again. He already did that. He's doing that right now for everyone within the sound of my voice. He will not come to offer that again. No more undeserved atonement after you miss this one shot. The next time he will come for a very deserved judgment on that glorious day. So the lesson here for us is don't just celebrate the baby in the manger at Christmas without also dropping to your knees and offering eternal gratitude to the land to the lamb that is slain for us here on this Good Friday. In my family room, we have a painting. And it's a painting of a child, Jesus, working in his earthly father, Joseph's, in his, in his stable, office, workbench area. And then the sun shines in and a shadow is cast over the child. And that shadow is the cross. He looks like an adorable cherub, like a lot of babies. He leaves bruised, beaten beyond recognition, bloodied, tortured, to the point layers of skin were removed. Why? For you and for me. And this is why one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess he alone is Lord forever and ever. Amen. Be ready for that day. We also don't have an indefinite period of time to prepare for that day. And we only get one chance to prepare and it's called this life. You too, everyone within the sound of my voice, you too will live forever. Either in a place called heaven, in perfect reconciliation with your maker, or in a place called hell, in contemptible eternal separation from him. And that is the most true thing I have ever said on this show. Almost every day we hear about another major corporation that has gone woke and has therefore come against us and our beliefs, which is why when the opportunity presents itself to do business with a company that shares your values, and we unfortunately don't have that opportunity a lot in this day and age, 
Thankfully, though, one of the places we do is with a product we all pretty much have to use, and that's a mobile phone, and that's where our friends at Patriot Mobile come in. Uh, First of all, if you're a veteran or first responder, when you're going to make the switch, let them know. They've got even bigger savings for you as a way of saying thank you for your service. For the rest of us, they've got specials going on all the time. Right now, you get a free activation with the, the offer code Steve, my first name, When you make the switch that my family made last year, we finally made the switch from T-Mobile over to Patriot Mobile. Pretty much the exact same service. We've been upgraded our phones. They have a phenomenal customer service team. Make the move today. When you go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, that's PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Aaron, you got any last words before we get out of here on a good Friday? Well, that was a homily, Steve. Very, very well said. And it's a reminder uh, on, on a few fronts this week, both on air and a few conversations we've had off air as well, that even while we are surrounded by the darkness right now, our hope is not of this earth. It seems rote now. It seems almost trite, and it should never seem trite. But I'm going to keep saying it, if for nothing else, to hear the words coming out of my mouth. It helps me in, uh, in some way cement my belief. We are never allowed to be hopeless. Never, 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 never. Um, this is, as you said, the darkest day in human history. But it's the day also. It's also the day that gave us gave each of us the most hope that this life is not all there is, that we can restore a working or a right relationship, I should say, with our creator. So many times in God's economies, in God's economy, there are things that seem contradictory or counterintuitive that are true at the same time. And in this time, in this place, uh, in these conditions in our country and in the West, it can be simultaneously true that this is the darkest time, but also the time when we can have the most hope for the future. And, um, and that hope is not found in, in earthly things. It is, it is first in the revival of our own hearts, and the revival of those around us by God and the Holy Spirit working through us, if it is indeed in his sovereign will and grace to grant that revival, should always be a tenor, a tone of, of hope, truth, but hope in our worldview. We're not allowed to be without that. Amen. Hope you guys all have a great weekend. Remember the reason for the season. I know we normally say that in December, but it matters just as much here in April, maybe even more so. We'll be back at it again on Monday, hopefully with Todd. Uh, Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.